Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 140 Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their heart and stir up wars continually. They make their tongue sharp as a serpent's and under their lips is the venom of asps. Guard me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have planned to trip up, trip up my feet. The arrogant have hidden a trap for me and with cords they have spread a net. Beside the way they have set snares for me. I say to the Lord, You are my God. Give ear to the voice of my pleas for mercy, O Lord. O Lord, my Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Do not further their evil plot, or they will be exalted. As for the head of those who surround me, let their mischief, let the mischief of their lips overwhelm them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into fire, into miry pits, no more to rise. Let not the slanderer be established in the land. Let evil hunt down the violent man speedily. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and will execute justice for the needy. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. Jeremiah chapter 23 Verses 16 through 22. Thus says the Lord of hosts Do not listen to the words of the prophet who prophesied to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word, or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But they had stood in my counsel. Then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, if they had stood in my counsel. Then they would have proclaimed my words to my people and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 16 through 25. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they shall deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. Then you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes.
A disciple is not above his teacher, nor servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called me the master of the house of Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? Good morning and welcome to the fourth Tuesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Laguna Niguel, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 140, Jeremiah 23, and Matthew 10. Sorry for missing yesterday. It's the first day of summer camp for uh, the girls and it just, it was, <laughs> it was a bit much. Um, but uh, in Matthew, one of the things that I, I think about when I read the Gospels and the lens through which I read it comes through like Christian anarchism, pacifism, um, and a, a, I don't know. I, I don't know if they call it neo-orthodoxy or paleo-orthodoxy, whatever. Um, and in that, uh, in in my experience, um, the Empire of Rome takes a lot of flack. Um, and uh, I can't, uh, I'm certain it has a lot to do with criticisms, justified criticisms of America and how it may or may not have become an empire and, you know, how that colors our reading uh, or I'm, that has colored the readings of many people um, that I know and love um, when they open the Bible, they think that there's a lot more fault at Rome's feet uh, than at Israel's feet. And one of the things in Matthew that that comes up is um, he's uh, Matthew or Jesus in Matthew says, uh, "Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues." So he's not talking about all people; he's talking about Jewish people. Beware of our own people, for they will deliver you to the courts and flog you in their synagogues. Romans don't have synagogues. Uh, Greeks don't have synagogues. He's talking about the religious establishment that he belonged to. Uh, You'll be dragged before others, kings and governors for my sake, to bear witness before them and and the Gentiles. And Matthew doesn't, I don't know, in my reading, Matthew doesn't come off as as anti-Jewish or anti-empire nearly as strongly as John, but clearly Matthew is written, you know, after the, the fall of the temple and, you know, is trying to sort through everything that happened. Um, the earliest Christians were not persecuted by Rome, they were persecuted by Jews. Um, Saul, who held the the coats of those who were stoning Stephen boasts later about being a Jew or a a Hebrew of Hebrews. Um, And what that means for Christians today, I think, is that the the animosity against the state, while justified, can be misleading and a little distracting. It's religion, you know, religionists um, that, you know, people have these really, you know, high-held ideas about what God is and should be and how religion should be, they're the ones who are more likely 
to drag you before courts and flog you in their churches. Um, you know, the, the double-edged sword of religion is on the one hand, it provides structure for meaning-making in our life. Um, without getting into any like theological stuff, that's what I think religion can do. I think we need meaning. Um, but the other side of that is once you have that meaning, you want to put it everywhere. Um, and, you know, the the term bigot, the most compelling, uh, you know, case for where it came from, in my mind, is from German, by Gott, which means by God. Um, and a bigot is someone who doesn't try to justify or explain any of their actions. They just say, well, God wills it. Um, and who am I to argue with God, right? Uh, you know, it's convenient for them that God is supposedly on their side. They don't have to engage in any meaningful dialogue. They don't have to persuade anybody by the use of logic or reason. Uh, they don't have to, you know, use compassion because maybe God wills that that their neighbor is dead, right? And you get that in the Old Testament. Um, and so the the criticisms of empire, while valid, I think too often um, can be a distraction to what is also going on. Um, Jesus just doesn't seem to care about the empire. You know, whether or not it's still helpful to use that language towards America, it doesn't even matter. Like, Jesus just doesn't care. He cares more about the religious establishment and the community to which he belongs and the extent to which it upholds or denies the human dignity of it, of its members. Um, and so the, you know, as you know, reflecting on Roe v. Wade, um, with, uh, friends and I, I think I'm, I don't even know if I've spoken with family about it yet. Um, it's, it strikes me as similar of like, there's no real rationale behind the forced birth extremism. Uh, people think that Roe was liberal activism, and actually the the author of the opinion, Blackman, um, did months and months of research, and he and three Republican-appointed justices, including the chief justice, joined the opinion. One of the justices, Powell, I think, he had a law clerk um, uh, who... Uh, impregnated a young woman. I don't. I can't remember if they were fiance or not. I think they were just dating, and she encouraged and eventually convinced this guy's law clerk to help uh, abort the fetus. And this was before abortion was legal. And so he did, and the woman died. And he was, you know, besides heartbroken, like he was afraid, like I've done something wrong. And um, Powell was one of the, I think Powell was actually progressive justice, I'm not sure. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't liberal activism. Uh, we, this is just a talking point where we, we repeat ad nauseum. Um, what they were doing was trying to, which is what the Supreme Court does best when it does it right, is balance competing interests of doctors who are seeing all these botched abortions. It wasn't progressives who pushed Roe v. Wade 
uh, in the popular, you know, world, um, it was doctors because they had to treat women who had botched abortions. They were seeing women bleeding out like one of the Supreme Court justices' own law clerks did. Like the, it wasn't liberal activism. They saw a problem with the fear that criminalizing abortions created. And they said, okay, um, we can't ban abortions totally. It was Texas and Georgia who had total bans. And the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. Three Republican-appointed justices agreed with that position. This is not liberal activism. That's a talking point um, that just because you repeat it doesn't make it true. Um, so the... And it wasn't, it wasn't a religious issue. Like, uh, it may have been for Catholics, but Protestants just decided, well, you know what? We don't like the way things are going. We need an issue. So the more majority came to power on the issue of abortion and, and uh, gender identity and sexual orientation. That was it. It was a political decision. Um, and now... F- whatever, 30 years, 40 years later, um, that's come to fruition and we're still parroting the same talking points as and returning to a system in which um, you know, abortion will not go away. It only becomes more dangerous. Um, anyway, I say all this um, because we need to be wise as serpents, um, especially within our own communities. Um, and we need to, we need to see them as our own community. I, I for, forced birth extremism is the language I've used the last day and a half or something, and that pisses people off. And I may try and reconsider my use of it, but like I don't I don't know what other reasonable, appropriate term to use is. Um, anyway, I'm kind of kind of rambling now, but um, the, the passage from Matthew is a reminder that the problems don't often arise from the state. The problems arise from what we now call the church, the people of God who slap God on everything. And rather than um, engage with culture and the world, they try and control it or they try and run away. And I think each of those options is, is equally flawed. Prayer for Social Justice from the Book of Common Prayer. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirits may so move every human heart, especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatreds cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. 
Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.